welcome to this episode of Generation BTS the podcast. I'm Christine. I am 28. I've been army for coming up to a year now. And with me, I have my lovely co-hosts. The first one is Hi, I'm Natasha. I'm 18 and I've been army for almost six years. And the second podcast host I have with me today is <laughs> Hi, I'm Leanne. I'm 33 and I've been army coming up to six months now. Yes. So Just to let you know, we are not experts on music, K-pop or BTS. We're just fans sharing our opinions on BTS. Please also be aware we do swear. All right. And today we're here to talk about Oh, Are You Late Too? Which is BTS's second ever album, the second one in the school trilogy. And we've had a lovely time with it over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? We have. (laughs) I didn't hear as much as I hit the last one. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. We're not school haters, everyone, but sometimes Leanne is. Um, <laughs> um, before we start talking about the album, let's do some fun housekeeping at first. We're recording on the day where we had some lovely airport fashion. Oh, we did, yes. They just did. arrived in America. Yeah, they're going to America because they've been invited to the White House. Exciting. Proud moment. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's good. It'll be interesting for President Biden to meet President Kim Namjoon. Yeah, it's going to be that's great. It's going to be a big day for President Biden. I really yeah. think so. You could learn a lot. Yeah, you, you can learn can. a lot yeah. from Kim Namjoon. Yeah. And then we also have had this week the um, concert photos for Proof. Yes, exciting. Yeah. There's the bit where they stand in front of the door. That's fun. And then there's mm-hmm. the second batch of photos with the lasers. Mm. Which one did we prefer, guys? Lasers or bullet door? Lasers. Yeah, me too. Lasers. Same, lasers. Yeah. Lasers. I think it's one. the way of the lasers, the way it cuts across the eye, right, and where it's lighting the different parts of the face. Yeah, they're a bit cooler. Yeah, they're a bit cooler. Yeah. They're closer up. <laughs> they are closer up. And that's why they're better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. We liked that the lasers from the Grammys were obviously early hints, and now mm-hmm. you're getting the lasers on the face. Yeah. So we're going into the vault. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, where the proof is hidden. And we've had some really good bang time bombs, like the My Universe shooting sketch. Yeah, yeah, where they're shooting from the green screen. Yeah, and then there was the Permission to Dance, so behind the scenes one, where they had the, you know, the one where they couldn't scream. It was interesting um, and also charming. Yeah. And then we had my personal highlight, the that, that, that dance practice. Um, which was really great. Which was really great, yeah. It was 13 minutes of, like, plus... There was a uh, top knot moment. Oh, there's a really the nice top knot of Youngie. Yeah. yeah. We're on board. Everyone was very um, surprised that he picked up the choreo so quick. And he goes like, well, I am an idol after all. And he's very really shy. He's very cute. Very swaggy. <laughs> yeah, very cute. And we've had the Proof of Inspirations videos. Mm-hmm. So those have been fun. Get a bit of background on why the uh, members picked the songs that they did for Proof. Yeah, and I really like that I think we didn't know before now that Proof was made up of tracks that they all got to pick. Yeah. So now we know which songs have been picked by yeah, each yeah, one yeah. and why they picked them. And yeah. They're cute. Yeah, me too. The Mustard DVDs dropped. Oh, so yeah. there's been a few... There's been some really... Intense. Intense content out there from the Mustard DVD. We're yet to receive our copy, though, so we haven't watched all of it. Yeah, anyway. we've seen the clips. And there were a lot, but... We are looking forward to having the... Uh, the physical DVD arrive. Yeah, and the full experience of the whole thing, like, put together as it's meant to be put together, not just, mm. like, shirtless moments. 
Yeah, not just yeah. shots of two of his shirt on. Yeah. Well, also, they have their, appreciate those as well. Yeah, they have yeah. their place in life. Yeah, they do. Anyway, shall we move on to why we're here then? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do a big intro to the era bit for this one, just because this album came out like three months after the Too Cool for School. So yeah, I don't think there's any point really. So I think we're going to get into the song by song discussion pretty quickly. But I'll just say, first of all, the um, album came out on 11th September 2013. And it peaked at number four on the Gay On Weekly album charts. And it was ranked the 55th best selling album of South Korea on the uh, album charts for like all of 2013. Yeah, it did quite well. It sold 34,000 albums in that year. And I think now, well, as of 2019, it's at about like 200,000 copies. Right. So I'll um, read a little bit from the uh, Big Hit website blurb. So according to Big Hit, this album offers the message that you must find your happiness and your own life before it's too late. So they're getting out, obviously, that you shouldn't just have your teachers and parents tell you what to do. You need to find what's important to yourself. And then they say children are uh, raised as studying machines without a chance to think about the future. I think, I guess they think about the future, but not the future that they want necessarily. It's the future that's going to be like safe and and beneficial for them, according to the parents. Mm -hmm. And then they also say a world where classmates are not friends, but competitors trying to trample each other. And the album then also talks about the effects that such a hopeless life has on today's teens. It's a bit of a bit of a dark one, I think. Well, that's what they're getting at anyway. They're really trying to (laughs) stick it, stick it to the man or stick it to the haters and be able to pursue their own interests and their own dreams. Yeah, the haters and the and the teachers and parents, they get it in this album, really. So yeah, should we just get into it, guys? I think that's all we need to say, really, about the background to uh, Oh, Are You Late Too? Although, also, I did want to say, I feel seen as someone who's always late. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Strong from the... Solidarity. Title. We like it. Yeah. I think it's the same. Sonically, it's the same, right? We're still in the hip-hop. Yeah time talking it, about their frustrations it doesn't have considering where we were mm, two weeks ago with yeah. map of the soul persona and the levels of complexity yeah around those lyrics and that theme and that era we really are back to early bts the messages that they're trying to show about you know sticking it to the man and not having to stay in school we're yeah firmly back into the school era <laughs> yeah they want to just you know appeal to people who are school age and that's fine but there is you know about making your own life and your own like there is focus on oneself as opposed to sort of taking something that sort of society ascribes to you so in a way i guess they're kind of getting at being authentic at least to your true self yeah, yeah it's early love yourself early <laughs> find your soul <laughs> yeah early find what matters to you but yeah. it's not like a psychological ex- exploration of your uh, of your soul i think it also does a good job of sort of bridging the gap between the big like yeah we're so hip-hop and we wear all our bling and our like basketball jumpers and stuff like that and then they sort of go into they're fully in the school uniform mm-hmm. uh, in the next one so this one sort of becomes the little like bridge between the look at all the bling that we can wear and like now we're in school uniforms mm-hmm. so i think it does a good job of sort of tying those two together yeah So yeah, should we get started, guys? Yeah, so the intro was written by P-Dog and RM, and it was produced by P-Dog. It comes with two comeback trailers. So the first one is RM talking over lots of images, ultimately. So like 
the glasses, there's the microphone, there's lots of images from Tuchel for School that all then shatter. I thought when I saw it, the glasses shattering was like, mm. oh, this is because this is the first time we've seen RM without <laughs> the glasses. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like pre this, we've not seen him without <laughs> the sunglasses on. There's a really big image of the sunglasses sort of shattering. And I was like, oh, it's big reveal time. Yeah. Um, and then he does a really great voiceover in English, right? So it's all English yeah. throughout the sort of nothing lasts forever. You only live once, pursue your dreams, um, take chances, never forget. I think it's quite smooth from our end. Yeah. And then you've got the actual comeback trailer, which is where they arrive in the black outfits. So the two cool school outfits, they're doing the choreo, all the boys get shot. And then RM comes in and he's like, come on, boys. Yeah, he he tries to get up yeah. and then he like revives them and they all like come back to life. Then they do a bit of more choreo in the black and then the shirts get ripped off and they're in white. Yeah. Um, it's really quick. Like the dancers from behind rip these shirts off. They've been revived. Yeah, yeah. RM yeah. saved the day. <laughs> nice. Um, thanks. Yeah, I mean, the query on this one's quite cool. There's a lot of, like, dodging the bullets and, like, being shot by the bullets and then they get shot and then they're revived. And then, yeah, it's very, like, powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's really... Because we're back at the start of BTS as well, it's, like, every move matters and everything is so clean. Yeah. Even when they're being shot, it's all... Mm. They're all at different levels and it sort of comes together. Yeah. It's actually... They've just made the connection between them getting shot there and then the proof concepts and the bullets coming back in. It's it's a very similar, yeah. it's the same colours, the same outfits, yeah. the same concept to the start of that comeback trailer. Yeah. They wear their BTS socks. That's the Oh, main. yeah, those big white ones, the yeah. big BTS socks. Yeah. They're cute. Yeah, they are cute. I didn't really like it, to be honest. It won't. What to my aesthetic? Is it because it's hip hop? Yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, I'm the only hip hop stand. It's fine. And I don't hate the hip hop. I like the choreo now. The hip hop's grown on me. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. It's not my favorite BTS performance ever, but like it's sets the tone of the album. Yeah, yeah. So when they're performing it on one of the stages, mm. they're wearing the black, and then they pull the black off, and they're in like white vests. Yeah. And the- there's a performance where when that's pulled off the entirety of RM's shirt goes with it. So it takes, like, the two bits across the shoulder and the back, and it takes the shoulder off of one of, of Jimin's. Jimin's. Yeah. So Jimin's performing with just, like, one nipple out, wow. and RM's literally performing while holding this T-shirt, like, on him, like it's a <laughs> towel. Yeah. And I can't imagine how traumatized Aww. Judy must have he been. must have been so sad, went... yeah. I felt bad for him. I didn't film him loads, which was good, but, like... He was a trooper, though. He did complete the performance. I don't know how you continue to do the choreo whilst having no shirt on. But I do think if it would have been any of the other boys, maybe not any of the other boys, because I don't know where the boys are at in terms of their confidence, but if Jimin would have lost his entire shirt, he would not have held it. He did not care that half of him was now exposed. Oh, honestly, yeah. (laughs) Kind of embarrassing on the RM's part. Poor Junior. Poor Junior. Oh, well. Yeah, there's a rap bit from RM in Korean. He talks about living your life, following your dreams. Oh, and then he refers to his UN speech, doesn't he? When he says, my heart stopped when I was nine or ten. In Um, his UN speech, he refers to the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, in the UN speech, I think he says, like, oh, there's a line in one of the intros to our early albums where I say, my heart stopped when I was nine or ten. And this is that intro. Oh. Yeah. Early Junie. 
Yeah, we talked about it when we talked about Map of the Soul, but that's when he sort of stopped looking up at the sky and like dreaming and started worrying about what other people thought and like tried to start living to suit their expectations instead of like living according to his own dreams and his own wants. Links in perfectly with the with the lyrics, yeah. I think. It's so, really yeah. well done. You know, early RM still RM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> early RM still RM. Yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. Are we happy with the intro? Yeah, I liked yeah. it. It got me hyped. All right. Should we move on to an O? Mm-hmm. Everybody say no. <laughs> that, was <laughs> amazing. that was amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> right, you're doing the, the hobby high note now. Go. Ah, no. That's also really good. <laughs> Thank you. We'll link, we'll link the clip. <laughs> right, I know. It is written by RM Sugar, P Dog, Hitman Bang, and Supreme Boy. And it was produced by P Dog. It is a song about questioning how to lead an independent and happy life, which is obviously a central theme in the school trilogy. And it's a song about kids and teens having too much pressure to study and to get traditional safe careers where they make a steady amount of money, like a doctor or a lawyer. And BTS are trying to encourage them to focus on what they want, as in like their own dreams. Uh, rather than what the teachers and parents and society expects from them, because these paths might not actually be bringing them happiness. So like, imagine if you're working really hard your own, your whole life, and you're trying to be a doctor, and then like, you get to be a doctor, and then you're like, actually, I really hate this, then Mm. you're going to be really unhappy all your life, because like, they keep being like, oh, they say that the happy times will come later, but when is later? And like, if you're forced into a, to work really hard to get a job that you don't like, the new happiness actually doesn't ever come. Mm. So, uh, so yeah. I think from the perspective of a teenager, right? Like yeah. these teenagers are being told at that early age that you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a lawyer or an engineer. Mm. And maybe it's a cultural thing. Whereas I think for me, when I was a teen, there was a lot of, not pressure, but like a lot of opportunities where I was asked, oh, what is it that you like? Mm. What is it that you want to, that you're interested in? What is it that you want to do? What do you want to study at university? And there was a lot more, it's a different kind of pressure, right? Because as a teen, you feel like, oh, maybe if I make these choices, Mm. they'll lead me down this path Mm. and I won't ever be able to change that. Whereas that's very different to having parenting where your career and your path is already predefined for you. So I found with some of the lyrics and listening to some of the stuff and knowing and seeing some of the concepts, I was like, oh, that must be really tough. But it wasn't necessarily something that I'd gone for as a teen. Well, I think they get on it because in uh, No More Dream, they obviously go like, what's your dream? What's your dream? What's your dream? So they also have had this like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up type Mm. thing? It's not like a, oh, when you grow up, when you become a little doctor. Although (laughs) I guess like, it, it will depend from like family to family. Maybe someone has a dad who's a doctor, or really wants them to be a doctor, mm. or whatever. But um, they have this like, what's your dream? What's your dream? Oh, is that it? As in, like, if they say, oh, actually, I want to be a singer, then a lot of people will be like, no, you should be a doctor. Mm. So I think they get a bit of both in a way. We get asked, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? But it's similar in a way because I, I did actually always want to be a singer, Aww. and people would be like, yeah, but like, also, what, what do you want to be if not? Like, Aww. yeah, we end up where we end up. That's that's what happens. There's a thing in Korea when I think it's your first birthday, they have like this big ceremony, and they put like loads of different items that are linked to a job on like a tray and as a baby you like pick one which one you want and that's you picking your career when you're older there's like um the like judges like thingy hammer maybe there might be something to do with a paintbrush there's 
doctor stuff. There's loads of like high level mm. jobs that people want you to get. But if there is something to do with like an artist, people pick it and you're like, oh. Yeah. As a teenager, because I forget often that you are a teenager, Natasha, do you feel any pressure from your family, from education, from society? And and for the podcast listeners, Natasha's going to go into photography. She's a creative. She's amazing. <laughs> but that's like a creative industry, whereas I went more, I went down a more academic route. Do you feel some of that pressure? Do you feel like some of this stuff resonates in that instance? I think I felt more pressure from actual school and teachers rather than family so you have to be like no to the teachers yeah down with the teachers I think they're saying that yeah. in the song too yeah my parents I think they just see me happy I'm more creative so I've never been someone to be like oh my god I need to study for this I need to like I need to cram all this in and they've never seen me to be like that so you could be in the instance where you're throwing the chairs at the teacher yeah, if yeah the teacher's yeah. trying to force you to the teacher do science yeah the teacher's the big bad guy yeah and I think bringing it back to BTS obviously they've sort of told us a bit about what sort of support and advice they received from home so some of them had more support than others but you know I guess that shows that it can go like it's important to have that sort of being allowed to make your own decisions in that way. I think there's a difference between sort of expectations and pressure as well right so I I think in the way that Natasha maybe feels it more from teachers and parents I don't have any control over her day-to-day or her outcomes mm. I just will she knows if I'm going to see her I will probably ask some difficult questions and she'll have to answer those and say where she's at and she's been working on and mm. you know what her aspirations are and how she's going to get there and I'll always offer the support and the help mm. and that's very different to you must get these grades at this time in these subjects within a school environment right and yeah bringing it back within the no video they all get the same pearl they all get the same education they all wear yeah. the same outfits the difference is the sort of support and love fee being carbon copies of the same mm. person that's produced out of the sort of the sausage factory of schooling uh, right school robots yeah, yeah. Bringing it back to the lyrics then. So we open with RM saying, a good house, a good car. Will these things bring happiness? In soul to the sky, would your parents really be happy? It kind of sums up the whole song, right? Like if Mm. you get get a good job that's good enough to afford a nice house and a good car, then like it's not going to bring you happiness. And then if you go to the soul to the sky, which is actually, obviously it means the sky, but it also is an acronym for the three most prestigious universities in Um. Korea. So uh, you've got the Seoul National University, Korea University and Yonsei University. So if you did this like amazing school grade and you uh, got into one of these unis, which Jin actually did get into one of these unis, then would your parents be happy with your achievements basically? Mm. Which I'm sure they would, but but then if you're miserable after, then maybe not so much. Well, yeah, there's a part in RM's verse where he talks about the no one will take responsibility for your own happiness. So it's like people want to input into your happiness. They want to Mm. tell you where you should be going and what you should be doing. Mm. But ultimately, if you end up being unhappy, it won't necessarily be the same people who are taking responsibility for that. The teachers are not going to care that they've made you miserable Mm. pursuing this life that doesn't fit for you. They're not at the core of who you are. That comes really from within and Mm. the people around you truly love you. Yeah. And I also had read online that some people think that the sky reference refers to the high suicide rates due to academic pressures, which is obviously really sad. But yeah, I guess it's a really dark 
read of these lyrics, which I guess it could also just be about the universities. If that is the reading of the lyrics, it really is at the forefront of mental health issues for young people, right? Because you've Mm. got to put it within the context of this is, you know, 10 years ago. Mm. So this is 2013 when they're really pushing these messages of how the pressure and expectations that we put on young people is not acceptable. Mm. It's not acceptable and young people have mental health and that needs supporting and and growing and you know it really circles back to the beauty of bts right if you can't find love and support from your family and your teachers or people around you you can you can find it here they're not there yet but you know come into the magic shop we'll take care of you Mm -hmm. you're always safe here you can be exactly who you are here yeah you can be a bad bitch if you want to be a bad bitch (laughs) dancing in the mirror (laughs) you can speak Uh, yourself you can speak yourself yeah exactly Exactly. that's right and yeah i don't know i've got friends i've got acquaintances that will say that you know bts saved their lives so that's yep i've seen a lot of people who have said that yeah i think that's what you know they're getting at the sort of feeling like this is sort of a a safe harbor so uh jk starts off the rap bit which is fun um he goes dream is gone no time to breathe schoolhouse and pc room is all we have Mm. yeah and then sugar goes who's the one that made us into study machines it's either number one or a failure and who do you think is the one that who makes us step up on even our own close friends to climb up so it's this very like competitive environment like, environment yeah you you can't like show solidarity with your friends even you have to like beat them to number one spot in the class otherwise you've failed yeah number two is not good enough yeah like, and then in the choreo he that's when he sort of climbs up on the pyramid yeah so they obviously show that and through what they're uh, what they're doing on stage there's a lot of literal choreo in yeah. this album <laughs> we will get to that get when to we that. get to some of the performance there is <laughs> yeah. a lot of literal choreo that's one that actually kind of the whole choreo helps the lyrics sort of hit i think it also links back to the um to the blurb then me and JK do the uh, the little pre-chorus thing and they say adults tell me that hardships are only mom- momentarily to endure a little more, to do it later. You have to work hard now so that you can be happy later. But like when it's later, I'm like, yeah, even if you don't and you don't have the guarantee that you you will be happy later because you've not been allowed to explore your interests yes your hobbies your passions yeah exactly and then we go into the uh chorus where they do the everybody say no but no no they do the yeah hand for yeah i mean if everyone says no then obviously they can't the society can't work like that anymore because like if no if everyone says no actually i don't want to try and be number one then yeah if everyone resists then it will stop so maybe that's the only way that they can get out of this sort of situation and they say, it can't be any later. Don't be trapped in someone else's dream. And then they go, we roll, we roll, we roll. And they do <laughs> and the body roll. They do the body rolls. Yeah, exactly. I think they might have just put that lyric in to get the body rolls in. Well, yeah. I'm not unhappy about it. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> and the next verse where J-Hope goes, my unhappiness is past its limit. And RM says, adults say that we have it so easy. They say, I'm on my way to happiness. Then how do you explain my unhappiness? So yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, really good. Yeah, it definitely gets across the message, I think. And then they go into the the chorus again, and then there's a big dance break, and there's no, not really any more lyrics after that. But yeah, I think it also hints at the topics that we're going to get, that we're going to start to go into. Yeah, the ones, anti-society ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely uh, one with a uh, political message, which obviously BTS are kind of, they do that sort of song. And I don't think a lot of other K-pop bands were doing a lot of big political messages, especially not at the time. So that's uh, that's good. Anyone have any thoughts on the lyrics? I really like them. I think no 
is a really good lead single and you can tell yeah. why it's why it's the lead single it really fits within the era it fits within the message mm. and then it's driven by this sort of let's all get together and stick it to the man yeah <laughs> yeah i really like it yeah I mean, it's so. good it's a good follow-up from no more dream isn't it it is the lyrics to me were like if you read into it is definitely better than the actual sound of the song personally mm. i don't love the song but the message behind the song is definitely a lot better less yeah. cringe than no more dream <laughs> Yeah, it's a better song and better lyrics, but it does sort of hark back to No More Dreams. Yeah, it's an evolution from there. Right, um, should we talk about the music video for a bit? Mm -hmm. The music video, I guess I forgot to say at the top that NO actually also stands for No Offense. So the music video is set in a uh, dystopian school. So the teachers have the paint on their face and they look very like matrixy, I imagine. Mm -hmm. And then the students are all, to Leanne's point, they uh, they look identical. So they've got the like bowl haircut and the, really, the coconut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the coconut here and the white makeup. They're sort of mechanical robotic. There's like this futuristic whiteboard and the desk with the red writing on, which really reminded me of that scene in Harry Potter where they have to write with their blood for some reason. Yeah. It just, yeah. Maybe that's what it meant. Maybe it was like the blood of the students. Yeah, it's just really red. Blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All that. They're putting their blood, sweat, and tears into this schoolwork. Is it Tough. worth it? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> okay. And then they sort of start to fight back to the teachers, right? They sort of start mm. to mal- malfunction as the robot students, and they start fighting back. And then the classroom explodes, and then there's this break where they're in the white outfits instead of the, like, school uniform yep. things. And then they walk down the stairs and they've got the string players on either side. And then they start doing the choreo. JK looks super angry, I've written. Jimin mm-hmm. has coconut hair. Yeah. Yeah. Both things are true. And uh, Sugar is no longer a bronze baby. But I think this just teaches us to appreciate what we have when we have it, right? <laughs> yeah. Squishy Min Youngi. It's a shame <laughs> that he's not a bronze baby anymore. But yeah. it's a real lesson in gratefulness. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we just found that hilarious. If you haven't seen the clip, I recommend you do that right now and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast because it's great. But it's the Squishy Minyungi Guide to the NO Era where she talks about the uh, stuff of Sugar's contouring. So uh, no longer a bronze baby, but it just teaches us to appreciate what we have when we have it. And he's got this weird kind of scarlet hairdo with the curling iron curls and the bandana tied at the front. It's weird but cute, I've written, but no, also he's trying to be all badass rappery and it just doesn't really work. And then also he's got this awful fur coat on, which <laughs> fire that stylist, please. Yeah, um, some of the looks in Noah. Uh, all, none of the looks Sugars are, is the worst. Yeah, it's Sugars is the worst. By far the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Sugars is the worst. He's got like 15 chains on. Yeah, they all have 15 chains on. No, Sugar's got the most. Yeah, he does. He was always the most iced. I don't know if he's like insisted on being the most iced. Yeah, because he's, you know, the He's the lead the rapper. Baddest. Yeah. He's the lead rapper. You get lost. Jin looks quite good in this. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jin in the white coat. RM still has sunglasses. Yeah, they've not come off yet. Jimin still has his guns out. And then the dance break where they sort of um, fight the riot police and then they launch Jimin into the air and then he does this big fly kick. Amazing. While he's in the air. So they like throw him up and then he lands and then he like goes straight into the fly kick. And it's, yeah, it's really, really good. 
you know, choreography wise, I wrote down Tay does a great job with the body rolls because that's like mainly the thing that he does. In this. Yeah, and throughout the album, he works on props. <laughs> Tay on props we'll features get back a to lot. That. We'll get back to that. And then there's Sugar climbing on RM and Jin. There's also this bit where, like, just before Jimin does his big fly kick, the fight with the riot police who are the dancers, and then they all, like, get, like, put in... Oh, and... when they all go onto their knees. Yeah. Yeah, that's a it. really great day. Yeah. I'm happy about that, where they're all on their knees with their yeah. arms behind their back. Yeah, yeah that's fun. Yeah, that's really great. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to say anything about the music video, Tasha? Just something to add to yours, looking mm. through the pictures in the album. So you said that RM Scott is sunglasses on still mm. and sugar's got his chains j-hope in the photos he's still got like kind of his face covered yeah he's yeah. got like a high neck <laughs> mm-hmm. that's like and then the pictures in their album he's literally like further up like holding on to the top right so it like covers more of his face oh gosh yeah 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 yeah. he's got the the like the roll neck. neck all covered oh that's a really soft transition away isn't it to yeah, but so you're right, it definitely... Oh, Hobie. Yeah. Jimin, uh, Jimin's... Jimin's giving a bit of ab. Jimin's got his abs out, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. no, you're right, actually. Yeah, this is on brand for all of them. So we've got sunglasses, we've got abs, we've got half face covered, we've got bandana tied at the front. Um... And then, you know, JK looking like he's tan. <laughs> yeah. On brand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Aram's Afroair, which then, once they start to get more popular, gets called out for cultural appropriation there is a lot of like future things that do get put pulled up for like cultural appropriation or whatever it's a problem in in k-pop in general isn't it yeah and it's uh, the early 10s isn't it yeah exactly we've got to put it within the time frame yeah but i know that it's more widespread in k-pop i don't know if it is now but i know that it has been yeah they obviously wouldn't do stuff like that now so i think that's the main so you can make mistakes and learn from them exactly Performance-wise, we watched the Mnet comeback stage that they did on the release day of the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do the choreo and yeah, it looks good. And they wear these tops by this brand called HBA or Hood by Air, which is a brand that they wear a lot at the beginning. I don't know if they had some sort of partnership with them or if it was just, you know, what they could afford. But it has this really weird thing on the back where it says $199. Oh, sorry, we're dead. Sorry, we're dead. <laughs> yeah. Then we watched the 2019 Mama performance. They haven't performed in all like a lot, no. I don't think. There's not like loads, but we wanted to pick one recent one to show that they still sometimes do this. Is this the Harry Potter one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's the one where they all wear like the sort of loose fitting suits with the red ties. Kind of look like the robes that Harry Potter and his friends wear. <laughs> They're just chilling in the Gryffindor common room. Yeah, this is the one where Sugar slips off the pyramid, which is sad. And then I think he hurts his bad shoulder. Mm. Poor baby. They do a shortened version of the song. I think they miss out the entire second verse, but they still do the whole dance break, complete with Jimin's fly kick. And the body rolls are, you know, more like we can enjoy them and feel good about it. Anything else we want to say about the performances? Nope, they were great. Perfect. Shall we move on to We On? We On. I picked up We On. So it was written by P-Dog, RM, Sugar and J-Hope. And it was produced by P-Dog and we on really is sort of a respond to critics, isn't it? So mm. as Aram says, like regardless of what others say or do, he's just here for the music and that's what matters eventually. Critics will always be there and you'll never be able to please everyone in the world. And that's sort of the overall theme. 
and all the boys sort of take a verse in that with RM's reference to early RM's. So we're getting some of the personas mm-hmm. out. So he references uh, Runch Randa, which is his early hip hop name. And obviously he as Ratmon. Now, the sort of references to the two being parts of him is him implying that his identity as an idol doesn't stop him from being a rapper. Mm. It can be both the rap scene had rejected them for being idols and the idol scene had rejected them for being rappers and he's sort of pushing those themes that he can be both. And then there's a really good line where he puts a play on words. The line goes, um, I know you suck. Suck? Yeah. <laughs> so, so the line is meant to be, I know you pretty well, but pretty well in Korean is suck. So it comes off as, I know you suck. Suck. Yeah. Which is pretty. It's a really good play on words with the English and the Korean. Yeah, I just thought when I listened to Hilarious. it the first time, I I just thought he said, I know he sucks sack. But, like, <laughs> but then I read the lyrics and I was like, oh, right. So yeah, he talks a bit about love and affection. Some reps are quite vapid. There's the reference to the smack cracker dolls. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I was sort of confused about. Did you get any? No. Um, I just think it's dolls. like a let's call them some names type thing unless it's about i don't know if smack cracker in korean and does that imply like drugs maybe because i know that there's a bit in data tower sugar talks about the rappers on drugs which i think is like a, a thing where some people get really high and then write lyrics and they're saying that they don't they don't need do that, that. Yeah. yeah that's probably a reference there and then he says stuff like, you're always talking to Mac about my sunglasses, my hairstyle, my name. Mm. So really like laying out how people are awful to him. But he said, it's a sad comedy of losers in reality. My rap smothers and suffocates you, which is really strong. And then he <laughs> ends with some profanity. So he ends with, yeah, bitch, I want to be the one, not number one, but the only one. And then from there, we go into JK's soft but brutal vocal. Mm-hmm. It's really soft, but the actual lyrics are, I don't know you and you don't know me, so please shut up. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about me. I'm better than you and will continue to be so. Good that you know, JK. You knew, you knew early on. He's better than everyone and everything. It's okay. But it's really, the way that he sings it is really soft. Yeah. It's really soft and happy. It's one of those moments that we've had across the podcast, right, where you think... A song's about something, yeah. And, and it's like, not. Yeah, no. The chorus is just about, they're here for the music. We on, we on. They're going to promise us, they're going to show us. And then we go back into Sugar's verse. So talking about being a rapper and how great a rapper he is. He really bigs up on that. He's got a really great line, which is, I graduated from being a trainee, celebrate. I'm a rap black belt. You're just a green belt. There's no growth. Here, guys, feel more inferior. <laughs> which I think is pretty harsh. He didn't mention the bit where he goes, I'm killer, Jack the Ripper. I'll pierce you with my sharp tongue. I um, like that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and he says Jack the Ripper in English, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he says, the haters who looked down on me before my debut, you were filled with hip hop pride, but now you're beneath me. Yeah. Um. So J-Hope's got his first... Um, Reference to Tukov School. Mm-hmm. Promotions received standing ovations. This is for all the kids who smacked at us. Congratulations. It's too early to be awed. Look out for my future. I'll go towards the path. The path. The path. We know what the path is. Um, I'll go towards the path of my success <laughs> as much as you looked down on me. And then it, we've got the final chorus and then it sort of wraps up. So when I read through the lyrics and I was looking at this, I thought that oh are you late Two came out much later mm. but it didn't when you said oh it, it only came out three months after two off school I was mm. like surely they weren't like this successful 
that like three months later they're just like yeah we're the best thing that ever happened down with all the haters we've debuted they sold twenty four thousand copies of two quarter school yeah. and yet yeah, came back like <laughs> they were the best thing that had ever happened to k-pop yeah. which is true now hmm. but i think at this point in time was Possibly potentially not, not true yeah, bit of a stretch bit of a stretch um yeah i i thought that too i was like when he goes like i took for school the this was a standing ovation it was great success i was like what was it really <laughs> but, uh, but yeah it's good that you felt that way j-hope yeah I, I guess they didn't know about what sort of success that they were gonna experience in the future so uh so yeah maybe they felt like it was successful for where they wanted to be at the time yeah, and the fact that they got to debut, right? That yeah, they did exactly. debut and they went on some of the shows and yeah. they'd been picked up by a variety show at that time. Like, they were making traction. And they got, like, Best Rookie of the Year or something like that. Yeah, and they got a couple award. of awards. But, yeah. I wrote that it emphasises the different rap sounds. So, like, RM's quite calm in his rap mm. and Sugar's quite angry. Mm. And then Daob's, like, in, middle ground, in the middle, I think. And then the macro- background music isn't very elaborate, so it sort of allows them to just show off the skills and show off the lyrics, and like the rap gets to be center focus. I think. Agreed. It's sort of picking up the themes from "We Are Bulletproof," which I, I guess if you can see NL as picking up the themes from "No More Dream," "We On" kind of picks up "We Are Bulletproof." Nice. So yeah, it's a good good link. Mm-hmm. What do you think of "We On"? It's alright. It's not amazing. It's not terrible. Yeah, one of my friends, when I was speaking to him about this album, he said We On was his favourite. Mm. So yeah. Only thing I can say is uh, when you're on about the they got an award for it, Sugar going up on stage in that awful fur coat. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> the, the, oh. Like a white one. oh my god. <laughs> Even worse than the one in the one, video. And there's the one, Aram's got an Aram's awful fur as well. Terrible fur coat. But it's awful. Sugar's one is probably the worst one. Worst it's kind of embarrassing for them because they are rookies that they get up and you're just like, oh my god, what? And also they're, they're rookie idols, so they're there when everyone else is dressed as boy bands, <laughs> like yeah. in a pop aesthetic. I obviously they were just trying to be like, we are hip hop, okay? Like this is what we are. Like <laughs> clearly we're hip hop. Look at my fur jacket. Yeah. I am basically Snoop Dogg. All of my bling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look at my bling. Yeah, my bling. I, my fur all. coat, man, and my pimp stick. And it's all, <laughs> all hip hop. Um, um, I mean, like uh, in the chorus when Aram goes, "The give me that real fur, give me that." Yeah, that's nice. I like it. Yeah. And they're there for the music. So yeah, that's good. We only, well, there were a few performances of this, but there's one that we picked out because they were all kind of samey. Mm. They don't do any choreo in this. There's no choreo, it's just um, rapping a lot. And all the ones we found, they were in like these like military jackets. Mm -hmm. So So we like the pilot's performance, it's nice. Yeah. Um, It's the start of a... JK fronting all vocals. Yeah. (laughs) So... JK in this album, and you'll be happy about this. We noticed it sort of straight off. Yeah. But um, JK covers all of the choruses. They switch out parts of the chorus, and JK is always involved. But like chorus one will be like JK, and then tiny bit of Tay, and then chorus two will be like JK, and then a tiny bit of Jin, and then and so on till we go through the whole vocal line. But there's no choruses without JK, which is a big contrast from the first one, which was. Were... Like, they didn't really get to shine as vocalists. They were more like, rap, 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 just to be like, we are hip-hop. And now they're like, oh, we got some good singers. 
We've got one good singer. It's JK. (laughs) And we've got a few of us. We've got one good singer and then we've got some people that can also sing. And they do some props. They do some abs. One of them's quite attractive. Yeah, one of them. Two of them pretty. Two of them are the visuals as well. Two of them are the visuals. So yeah, we'll link that performance. But yeah, anyway, I think that gives you a good idea of what all the Weon performances are like. Sorry, side note. It's um, come to think of it, like, you know, they don't want people to look at RM and look at J-Hope because, like, they think that it's not very good-looking when they really are. It's weird that they've then put, like, sugar in that big fur jacket. It's like you're kind of not wanting people to look at them, but then you're drawing attention to them, putting them in the worst outfits. I know, yeah. And I mean, and they're not helping the situation, really. They're not if they're like, the oh, actually, we don't know whether they're attractive enough, but like, what we're going to do is just put you in some really ugly clothes. Maybe yeah. they wanted people to look at the clothes and not the faces. Maybe. Yeah. And they always put Jin in like the, you know, Jin's always just like in the leather jacket with yeah. the jeans. Like, Jin's always just looking like super casual and super but cool. But also a little boring. So if they wanted to draw attention to Jin, Jin. then they should have put the jacket on Jin. Yeah, they're not doing a very good job. So <laughs> that would yeah. have not helped his ego. <laughs> Poor Jin. Poor little Jin. Jin, yeah. Jin, Jin, Jin. Yeah. Well, notes to the styling department, mm. I think we'll say. Right. Should we move on to the skit? Yeah. So I did the skit, and the skit is produced by P Doug, first of all. They're in a car, Jake gets to sleep, Tay wants to go to the rest stop. And then Sugar comes in being all sassy, saying, it's 6.30 a.m. Do you really think we could go to the rest stop right now? <laughs> and then they talk about needing the toilet at a fan sign, doing the choreo while needing the toilet. They play a bit of the If I Rule the World beat. Mm-hmm. RM talks about how he can't come up with any lyrics. He listened to the beat loads. And then JK snoring, and they're all jealous of the sleepy baby. And Hobie asks, even though we're tired, though, we're all happy, right? And then Jimin goes, of course, we're all happy. And RM says, to be honest, I am happy. And then Sugar says, after all, this is what we were dreaming of when we were trainees. We are happy. JK wakes up and they arrive at the rest stop and they talk about, oh, your face is so swollen. (laughs) You've been asleep. (laughs) That's the whole thing, really, Mm -hmm. in short form. They are reflecting on sort of the dream that they had has come true, but they're not a million percent happy all the time. They still have stuff to complain about. It gives you a little bit of a, like, we're not our performing selves all the time. Like, sometimes mm. we're in the back of a car. It's like behind the scenes. Yeah, and it's pretty, we're pretty tired and we're pretty down or whatever, but we obviously are still happy mm. to have reached our, uh, our our dream. So they're sort of giving the, um, I know, they're sort of giving that, it's it's sort of credence because they actually have managed to focus on their own dream, right? So, mm. so yeah. I've only got one now about the skit. How far has Baby RM come all the way to like the lyrics robot that he said he was when he produced all those amazing lyrics for Nap of the Soul Persona? And they're mm. absolute just lyrical genius bangers. Yeah. Um, so the fact that I liked that he was struggling. And I noted that it was Hobie that said, Oh, but we're all happy though, right? Like, yeah. happy Hobie bringing the group back together. Yeah. Sounds good. So, if I rule the world, do you want to start off on that one, Natasha? Yeah, I can do. So the next song is If I Rule the World. It's written by P-Dog, RM, Sugar and J-Hope and produced by P-Dog. It's like known that Sugar and RM were kind of like grew up on listening to like 90s hip hop music and that um, this song is obviously like a, showing like a respect or showing like how much of a fan they were to um, Nas. 
they listen to that and that's where their inspiration for their music is where it's come from yeah I Feral the World by Nas and Lauren Hill. That's a different song. So they're sort of harking back to that. RM has said multiple times that Nas is his favorite rapper. Mm-hmm. Very likely that this is actually the inspiration mm-hmm. for the song. Although this song, the Lauren Hill and Nas song is really <clears throat> quite a deep song. I did listen to it. It's like about, you know, freeing all the sons that have been trapped by slavery and all yep. that sort of stuff. Um, and the BTS song, not so deep. Not deep. No, it's just silly. Um, free teenage boys yeah. wondering what they'd do if they ruled the world. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's they're not trying to be Nas and Lauren Hill. They're just like giving them a little shout out. I think they've got the brief right. So it goes around. It goes. Oh, yeah. Everyone write a verse on what happened if you ruled the world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. actually, they are just teenage boys. Although, I, but I'm sure they three boys even if they are like 19 20 years old they could have been like oh well we want world peace well peace yeah yeah, and i want more equality and they were like no i want the girls yeah i want the girls (laughs) and i want the money and i want the car (laughs) right okay and then it starts off with my least favorite bit where rm goes west side till i die it's really cringe um So RM, yeah, as we as we sort of uh, <laughs> just wants all the girls. He want, just wants all the girls, but there's no racism when it comes to girls. So maybe let's that hope, is a bit deep. Let's hope there's no racism in general. You, no, but, but when like, it comes to girls, especially not when it comes to girls, European, Asian, Caucasian, whatever, yeah. all the girls. Yeah, true. Um, Where a far cry from President Kim Nam Joon is going to go meet Joe Biden here. Yeah. Yeah, but he does have his own collection in this world. And he name drops a lot of designers first. And then he says, Kim Namjoon collection. All the clothes would be black. So, so yeah, um, there was a little note in the Genius lyrics that said that RM in the early years was obsessed with only wearing black. But he's since admitted that this came from a place of insecurity. I don't know. I'd pick my nose out of boredom. Yeah. If I so if I were the world, I'd pick my nose out of boredom. So I'll make a song and make everyone on earth sing it. Yeah. That's a theme across these verses. I think that they all sort of bring it back to like, oh, I'd still make music. I'd do this. But then he says he's going to be buried under a mountain of girls while watching TV and the boys can bring him alcohol or just disappear. Well, it's not even girls. It's pretty girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buried under pretty girls as I watch TV. Yeah. All the girls would want me. We think you're here now. Like, you've you got it. If you still want to die, buried <laughs> under a mountain of pretty girls. We can sort that for you. <laughs> I am available. <laughs> the chorus has these lovely boys, I think. Yeah. One of the few ones where it's not all JK everywhere. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, V does a good job with the low vocals on the chorus. If I ruled the world, I'd do it all. And then there's a little Vim in harmony. One for the money, two for the money. Stay. Mm-hmm. And then JK says, I know it's ridiculous, but I'm singing this childish song. So, you know, <laughs> at least he knows. Yeah. The chorus just designed for singing along, right? With the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, Sugar's verse. Sugar's, Sugar's verse. Angel so, verse. Angel boy. He wants to hire a real estate agent and buy a house and live in it with his family. And he's also going to buy a four-wheel drive and gas. But he's going to do it with a zero interest discount. So he doesn't need no loans. No loans for him. 
so he's not keen on stocks and gambling. He doesn't want to do that because, mm-hmm. you know, he's an angel boy. But he does still want to do music with BTS. And he's going to become the Kim Jong-un of hip-hop and censor everything but their music. So that's less angelic. But, you know. Yeah, he's going to put a ban on everything but our music. Yeah. I know it's a reasonable dream, but it's my dream. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my sweet, pure baby meow meow. Uh, yeah. I, I like I like that I rule the world, so why would I dream small? Yeah, that was good. That's nice. yeah. But I think that's quite contrasting to the fact that his dreams are very, very small. He just wants a house. <laughs> good point. Maybe that is his Yeah, point. the big house, he's, big cast, big, big ring. Yeah, he missed out the rings, but, you know, he's consistent in that way. And then Hobie, he's got all the world, <laughs> all, all the world's girls lined up in Hope World. Yeah, yeah. lined up. <laughs> and money goes into the goalpost, called his wallet. Mm-hmm. Good times. I'll shout out the name of BTS if I rule the world. That's all I wrote down about Hobie's lyrics. Yeah, El Hobie's got a really small verse in this, hasn't it? Right at the end. Yeah, a lot of these songs follow this really same formula of like, RM does a verse, then they do a chorus, which JK mainly sings, and then the others switch in. Sugar does a verse, chorus, and then Hobie does like a little bridge A little verse. tiny rap at the a end. A little bridge verse, yeah. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the boys are getting done dirty in this. <laughs> yeah, anyway, this is obviously a silly one. One for the money, two for the money. Yeah. I always feel like that should always have, and then three for the show after yeah and it doesn't and i'm just like oh yeah they were just really cared about the money you know Mm. Um, and the girls not about the show (laughs) mainly the girls yeah i mean in my book bts the review by kim young day he suggested that they're trying to get at the hip-hop swagger so you have to have the show a song where you're like where you're shoving off but it's still k-pop so they're like (laughs) if i could do whatever i would have all the girls but i'm not so the performance (laughs) Oh. I've written that this choreo is the lamest, dorkiest, cutest thing. But like, so also, it's dumb. just lame. So this is the first time watching it, and I watched yeah. it. And when they like form the house and then open the house, Sugar actually rides on Tay's back, pretending that the boys are a four wheel drive, even though there's six of them. Yeah. And they they li- they li- literally acting out the lyrics. Yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a point in one of the performances where when Aram says, I'd pick my nose, he puts his finger like near his nose and then waves it. Yeah, the core of Shug's verse is just the worst thing. Good on him for maintaining his composure and still rapping. I don't know whether I can say that he still looks swaggy. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't really. Yeah, absolutely. Just ridiculous. I loved the performance. Good old goofy BTS just trying to cheer me up and make me be a bad bitch. That is part of why we love them. This is true. Yeah, (laughs) chaotic. That's um, that's a thing. We've watched the uh, first master performance, and then there's one in navy school uniforms. There's a really like a long shot of Jimin just sticking his tongue out, and he's being Jimin. And then there's a uh, Jimin focus of them doing it in Chile from 2015, which is a little bit more recent. Which I linked because during that. After Sugar gets off the car, yeah. he ends up like hitting Jimin in the face with his butt, and then Jimin's just confused and dazed the whole way through. I thought it was the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Plus, it's really nice to see a Jimin focus because he is in a vest. Yeah, yeah, he looks good in that clip. That's when he has the ginger Jimin hair, which mm. is good. And as well, you can definitely see his like um, facial expressions more. You can see each move he does, and you can see him like gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, you could do like smiling at the lyrics whilst acting out the stupid <laughs> choreo. He's yeah. like, this is so dumb. Yeah, I mean, I like the one with the navy uniforms because that's when they stop to do the hey oh, hey oh bit. Oh, and yeah, then, that one's really good. Yeah, and then all the crowd like responds, and yeah, that's cute. 
yeah, this is the one where Sugar's got his Liam Gallagher hair, which is a tough day, but you know, it's still still good. What's Tay wearing? <laughs> he is wearing <laughs> some interesting a Navy school uniform. Interesting. He is wearing a Navy What's his school hair uniform. Like? What's his hair like? Tell us about B's hair. It's normal and round. I don't know whether that's right. I, I wrote down the Liam Gallagher hair, okay? I wouldn't have remembered it otherwise. It's just, it stood out to me. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. <laughs> right, okay. Should we move on to coffee? Coffee's your song, Natasha. Take it away. Uh, so the next song is Coffee, which is written by Urban Zakpat, P-Dog, Slow Rabbit, RM, J-Hope and Sugar and produced by P-Dog and Slow Rabbit. The song is actually a sample pulling of a urban Zakpaz song which is like a soft sound of being in a cafe and it really like sets the scene of what the song is talking about and it uses a lot of coffee metaphors it does yes yeah. really deep complicated plot lines here guys <laughs> stick with us <laughs> yes uh, it's a soft boy band vibe song I think I wrote down with the Urban Zakapa song called Kupirur Masigu. Wow. Um, according to Google Translate, that means drink coffee. <laughs> so, you know, the lines are all there. It's a running coffee theme. <laughs> really? JK starts, baby, baby, you're a caramel macchiato. Your scent is still sweet on my lips. And he sings it really well. I mean, it it's not the it's... deepest lyric, but he does sing it really nicely. Do you want to talk about RM's first thing? Yeah, RM talks about meeting a girl and ultimately them being broken up now. That she used to be sweet like the caramel macchiato mm-hmm. and now there's references later on that she's become sort of an Americano. And he sort of opens with, girl, I debuted, that's enough, right? I made a bet with the world on how much I'd succeed. My half moon smile that I only showed to you. So he's really talking about like, he's successful now. Mm. But then it was like, when we dated, I wonder what kind of taste this was, that this cold and bitter aftertaste makes sense That now that you're not here, girl. So she really sort of changes in his flavour profile. Yeah, that's when they... he's drinking the Americanos, that cold and bitter aftertaste, then he's like, oh, right, this is This is bitterness. why I remember. Yeah. Yeah. He confesses that now that the love is over, he also says that he stopped drinking them, right? That he stopped drinking macchiatos, yeah, paralleling how he no longer feels the same. The Americano is much more bitter. Um, and yeah, he's still drinking the Americano and being reminded of these sort of sad memories and bitterness. And then it sort of ends with our heartless promises, countless mistakes, and other wrongs, our unspeakable and small wounds. The glass filled with memories is more bitter as I drink it. He's very dark sad. at the end. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it's about like a relationship that ended like naturally or whether it was a relationship that he had to give up because he came became a trainee we obviously talked about well I debuted that's enough right like oh that's enough like I don't need a relationship because I've debuted right um and he says the half moon's might I only showed you I'm doing it again now because my fans are curious so he's doing it again but like actually now instead of the relationship he's got the fans yeah 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 I think that's right I think the reference of the smile moving to the fans is you're mm-hmm. probably right there yeah then they do the chorus, so that's Tay. He does, baby, baby, you were warmer than the scent of a cafe latte. Both of the chorus bits end on baby, baby, tonight. And I'm always like, what, what's what's tonight? I want to know. 
Um, <laughs> does anyone want to do sugars first? No, I think you should do sugars first. Yeah. Okay, I will. He talks about his, the awkward texts and calls that sort of led him to his uh, first date with this girl. And he was really nervous, but then they naturally turned into lovers. Our first date was sweet, like a caramel macchiato. Wherever we went, we wanted to go together. And oh, oh. yeah, he um, made me feel the feels again. And then he said, feelings fade with time, like dripping down espresso. Breaking up was like a bitter Americano. My memories still go to that cafe. And he has a bit about why did I bite my nails? Why was I so nervous? Yeah. I think similar to the If I Rule the World brief, Yeah, they literally got like a... You must write about a relationship, about a... make it coffee. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. JK does some lovely ad libs over Sugar's verse. Mm, he does. Yeah. Do you want to do Hobie's verse? Yes. I've only got a bit for Hobie's verse, but too. it's sort of, I, I'm line. assuming Hobie's got a smaller verse. Hobie's, um, he actually references the girl as a minty coffee. Yeah. So he's like, I remember we chose to broke up after promising our futures together. Mm. So I think that's probably not connected to debut it seems like an old breakup but as I drink my minty coffee that reminds me of you I used to think of you rewind a lot of time has passed and these days I sometimes miss you I wonder why yeah so again you're sort of getting this reference to bitterness yeah I think that's it for coffee lyrics anything to add it's definitely my type of song I can vibe with this one it's a lovely, sweet song, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I do like it. <laughs> right, performance-wise, Natasha, do you want to talk about the first one where they sit down? Because it's basically just, like, JK all the time. JK and his six backup members. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just put that they all look like babies. You, like, get to hear the vocals very well. Yeah, true. They're all kind of sat down. They obviously, like, panter their actors when they're doing their verses, but, like, mostly it's just, like, JK sitting in the middle. He's lit up in this golden light, and he's very much the golden magnet personified. So it's great. Yeah. And then we we watched one where they sing it on a radio show. No one for the radio show. Hobie's wearing, a like, a brown jumper. It's got some chips on it. And he sort of looks up, realises that he's wearing the chip jumper, and then, like, raises the chips into his mouth from the jumper it's literally the cutest thing I've ever seen and then just sort of gets on with it and it's just adorable very cute very cute so yeah and Sugar reads the lyrics off his phone he does I wasn't Uh, gonna say that because mm. of your earlier comments but yeah he does (laughs) and he's got the world's biggest scarf on which is also weird but still what's Um, Taylor in (laughs) don't even know I know the ones that I wrote down okay I think he's wearing a blue shirt yes it's a really lovely blue shirt he's wearing. Thank you very much. Next song is the Cypher Part 1. So obviously it's the opening of the legendary Cypher series. Exciting. Well, well not really because they have the Circle Room Cypher. The Circle Room Cypher, yeah. This is the first official Cypher, which is cool. If you don't know, the Cypher is a four-part series or there's four parts per now. I think everyone's hoping for the Cypher Five with V, Cypher mm. Part V. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Cypher Part V. Yeah. V. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Roman. Oh, yeah. It's- it's oh, a missed opportunity. Yeah. It really and is. B really wants to be part of the sci-fi. He really wants to, yeah, exactly. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, I looked into the sci-fi. Yeah. Cypher part one. It was written by Supreme Boy, RM Sugar, J Hop, and it was produced by Supreme Boy. The cypher's got three sections. Yeah. So it's just the rap line, there's no vocal line there, and it's just the sort of the lead rapper and the other two rappers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, so really the cipher is just about how they're annoyed at the haters. Yeah. Aram's annoyed at the one people that look down on him. Yeah. And Aram's got some really good bits in this though. He's got the the monster bit, which is sort of yeah. in English that like um, so I bring the monster back, my monster swag. So this is the monster track because my freaking monster rap. Yeah. Which is just really great. Yeah. And back then he is still called Rap Monster. Exactly. Before he changes his name. So yeah, there's some references in there about him being like a third generation leader. He's going to lead. I liked that they mentioned the word generation. I felt like that was us. Yeah. <laughs> this is a generation change. I'm saying, I was like, yeah. Um, There is a reference in there that he's got to Hong Kildong, mm-hmm. which is ultimately based on a North Korean historical drama. It's the story of Robin Hood. It's like a Robin Hood-like bandit. So stealing from the rich, giving to the poor. And then he also references the Cassius sword. It's like a gaming reference, an anime gaming reference, that you need that sword to connect and rebuild the world. Yeah. Ultimately. Cassius Lance is also the one that killed Julius Caesar, I found out. Mm. Also a big leader. Um, and then it ends on the now look at me and tell me who's in your top five rap monster randa leader rap mon your dad your dad your dad your my dad, dad all day long <laughs> I put yes that in all caps. <laughs> I, I wondered if the top five was a myspace reference natasha you're too young for this um but you know the myspace top five yeah, when you yeah, have yeah. your top five friends i think he's talking about the top five rappers but... no it's his top five myspace friends uh, all himself sure. Sure, yeah. so we're getting references to the early versions of persona yeah. right and then that's followed up by hobie mm-hmm. who does the so many references to hopewell love it yeah i yeah. thought hopewell came like much later but it doesn't it's referenced throughout this album isn't yeah it? i thought so too i was really like I'm like, oh, you already knew about Hope World. It's great, yeah. yeah Hope World, it. already a thing. And then, you know, in 2018, it could become the album. So, yeah. So, right now, it's Hope World from BTS. Everyone follows me. My potential gets retweeted. Like the MySpace reference. <laughs> then he starts on the cypher to fill up the track. I'll reveal my aspirations. I'm above the minors. It's a major difference from you. So, I really like that baseball reference, yeah. which we've, there's another baseball reference that comes up in Attack on Bandstand, but it's not a minor league and major leagues if you're jealous go to the hospital two weeks to heal which is yeah. <laughs> dr Hobie to the rescue <laughs> it takes two weeks to get over this yeah, yeah it takes two weeks to get over my hope world jealousy yeah nice. and then it goes into <laughs> the lead rapper the lead rapper's up she talks a bit about them being inferior right and him just being the best rapper ever then sugar goes on to his bit which is feel a little more inferior the quality of my pronunciation is 4k i'm dope man i'm the show power of the beat which is obviously the really famous classical musician that he's likening himself to so he's like i'm as good a rapper as chopin is a composer yes and we do know that little mary Mel thought he would be a composer yeah a composer yeah. Or a producer a producer um but he said i won't ever change i was born a rapper my attitude is my mentor hide your jealousy i can see your ip address yes and then a really great one which is i'm a boiler i get hot in a hint in an instant like a spoiler you're so typical mm-hmm. so he's really like just throwing the shade here at all of the haters yeah and he's gonna find them because he knows their ip address yeah, he also talks about the fixed up and stupid hip hop losers with nothing inside. 
And then he says it's too hard to keep up with the world of K-pop, so they just rap as a hobby. So you should just do it as a hobby. He's really swagging <laughs> this. He really is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we don't need to talk a lot about the Cypher performance because we only really found one where they did the Cypher medley. It's much later. It's in, like, 2017 in the mm. Wings tour. But I think it's only Hobie's verse from Cypher 1 that they mm-hmm. include. That they used, yeah. They yeah. didn't use the other two. But we'll link it anyway so you can see a bit of that Cypher being performed. Yeah. What's your thoughts on the Cypher, Natasha? It's decent. I think if I would have been a fan, like, when it first came out, it would have been okay but once you listen to the more recent ones this one just goes straight to the bottom at least oh definitely yeah this is the worst cypher like oh, by well, far. i've not heard any of the cyphers <laughs> it's not up there um but it's it's good for good for then good for it is yeah right should we move on attack and back down mm-hmm. so i did this one it's written by p-dog rm sugar j-hope supreme boy and it was produced by Supreme Boy. The title of the song references the popular Japanese manga series Attack on Titan. Mm-hmm. And it's a really fun song. It's really energetic mm-hmm. um, in terms of like, you know, the happiness that they bring, energy, the drive. And yeah, you really just want to watch this Rise of Bangtan. Because I mm-hmm. think that's a different take on the, on my Spotify, it's Attack on Bangtan. But they also call it Rise of Bangtan. So Sugar opens it and he says, but what will happen if BTS rises? And then they go, Bangtan, son, yan, dan. And then that line apparently is based on this meme mm. called Dragoon, Dra- Dragon, it's Dragon basically, uh, from 2005, and it's from a cartoon called Starcraft. There's this dramatic close-up that they have in this cartoon, and then the character asks, what if Dragon went to the rescue? And then the other characters in the cartoon reply, Dragon! <laughs> and then people started texting it to each other, being like, but what if? the dragon went to the rescue and then the other people in the chat would have to reply do dragon that's sort of how it became a meme and then people started parodying it and switching the words like bts have done here <laughs> it reminded me a little bit of the catch me outside meme yeah. where people would put catch me outside and then people would need to reply how about that <laughs> yeah. that's, that's our, our our equivalent here i think but yeah that's that's why he says it in the weird voice it's like oh, a weird wow. parodying Got meme it. thing yeah Instead of saying, Dragon, they go back, turn, turn, and back. Got it. Yeah. And then they sing Rise Like BTS. And then we go into the sort of rap lyrics. RM talks about writing godlike lyrics 24 <laughs> 7. <laughs> well, not drowning in that sea of TVs, RM. <laughs> no, sea of TVs. <laughs> drowning in a sea of girls watching TV. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And he's sweeping away the rap retirees. And Hobie's hitting home runs. That's another baseball, baseball reference, reference again. And he says he is Kangbeko. And apparently Kangbeko is a character from a manga called Slam Dunk. Oh, which, yeah. He's um, one of Sugar's favourites. Yes, that's correct. And it seems to be some sort of basketball champion, this character. Oh. So that's why he's being the Kangbeko on stage. There's the big pre-chorus where they like jump around, goes, are you ready to go crazy? Ready to jump all you can? Mm-hmm. Tighten your stomachs and take a deep breath. Let's scream now, basically. <laughs> That's what they do. And then they go into the chorus. Who are we? The rising BTS. We swallow everything without fear. And apparently the uh, swallow everything fear is also a reference to the Titans on the Attack on Titan cartoon because they like swallow their prey. Could be a thing. And then Jimin says, if you don't know us, get to know us well. Who mm. are we? Who are we? The rising Bangtan. So yeah, that's the chorus. 
JK rap comes in. Still does some rapping. Rap. Yeah, he still does some rapping on this album, which is nice. And he says, but when our music starts, people go crazy, go nuts. Our style is No More Dream. Harking back to No More Dream, the song, obviously. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Obviously. Stepping on our seniors' backs on stage. And during the choreo, he steps on Aaron's back. Yeah, he does. During that. Yeah. More literal choreo. Yeah, Very exactly. Clear. And then he talks about climbing since their debut and then climbing to the top is just a matter of time. Obviously, he was right about that. So uh, good job, JK. Um, Jungi's got a sensual rap banquet yeah. that will uh, make you run out of breath. And now for mm. an installment of the lyrics that we thought were in Korean, but they're not. They're in English. Um, he actually sings, can't nobody hold me down at one oh. point. Yeah. And then he's on top of the beat and a manly man. <laughs> um, and he has a manly man style on top of the stage. He's a manly man. He is a manly man. Yeah. Not a little meow meow. Well, he's that too. Um, <laughs> and then there's JK's big solo moment. Yeah. Yeah. Where there's only JK you can see on stage. The others aren't there. And then he's singing about hearing the cheers from the moment he walks on stage. And even if he dies this way, he's not oh, going to regret it. Beautiful. Yeah. Lovely. We get the chorus again, complete with Jimin's very high note. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, Sugar says, Ching Jong, which means the rise. Yeah, that's nice. the second Mangtan. Not the oh. deepest lyrics ever, but it's a fun song. The bit about if you don't know us, get to know as well. Who are we who? The line in Korean uses the word nagu, which means who. It can also be used to refer to nobodies. So they're sort of answering the who are we with nobodies, but we're going to rise. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Really cool. That like dual reference, like the suck suck. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like an army chant. Bang. And then obviously the fans are called army. So I liked that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A very vivid memory I have of it is in London with Christine at the BTS night. Oh, yeah! Yeah, that came on. And I think for a newer army, it won't probably something that you'd listen to. I think it will probably part with playing a lot of old BTS songs. But as soon as that one came on, everyone's like, ah! yeah everyone can sing to that one yeah it should also go into like if we set up like a bag of like things for baby army i think this should go in there Mm. because christine and i openly talk about bts whenever anyone asks us but people always say oh what does bts stand for and i'm not i'm not very confident using like non-english words whereas having listened to this over and over and over again i think i can successfully say bang tang song and dan but that's because I've had to listen to it for the last like two weeks just on repeat. Yeah. So I think it's really great. I think it's really helped with my confidence in, in using their name, which is a bit embarrassing. It's all right, Leanne. Nothing to be embarrassed about. I thought they because obviously Kim's a popular surname. I thought, because when you read it in like articles or whatever, I thought they're all called Kim. I'm like, why are they all called Kim? That's like, <laughs> like oh, I remember I like explaining it to someone who doesn't like K-pop and being like, oh yeah, but they're all called Kim. And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> I, think... I don't feel as embarrassed about not being able to pronounce Sonia and Dan now. No. no, okay, well that's good. I think yeah, if, I think I knew that a lot of people in Korea were called Kim before yeah. I got into BTS. But obviously, you were so young, so you wouldn't have known that. You were really young. Yeah, yeah. At the top of the album, I thought No was a very good lead track. I think Attack on Bang Tang maybe should have been. Yeah, the lead track. I feel like well, they promoted we're missing an MV for yeah. They promoted this. it after, but so they did it on a few music shows, but there's no MV. So, oh, yeah. yeah, well, 
Right, should we talk about performances? Because their performances for this, they're great. They're great, especially the dance practice. Mm. And I think the dance practice is great because you get one sort of steady camera shot of all the choreo. Yeah. Which some of the music show ones, they sort of switch and they zoom in on people. So you don't get that same sort of wow factor of Mm. like everything that's going on in this choreo and how it's like, it's brilliant, basically. It's an amazing dance practice. It's It's so so energetic. If you watch anything, watch this dance practice, please. I think I've picked out, you have to watch it because I'm not going to do it justice, but I picked out Jimin's little like solo moments because he does like these little bits when he's at the front of the like triangle Mm -hmm. and he gets to sort of step forward and do like a little pirouette and like jump around for a bit. And yeah, I think he's great at that. He's really great at that. Yeah. And then I put that they're all actually really energetic, but when Tay fronts and he does the like marching Mm -hmm. at at the beginning, I think he fronts for like the first chorus. And he does the marching and then like the slap hands going down. Yeah. And I just have never seen anyone so energetic in my whole life. <laughs> it's the most <laughs> swaggy and aggressive I've ever seen, Jin. Yeah, Jin is really aggy. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. He's really swaggy. He's so like, he gets there with the swag. He does the snap, but it looks swaggy. It doesn't yeah. look like it doesn't belong on Jin. <laughs> like all of the stuff in Too Cool for School, <laughs> you're like, Jin, stop. Whereas in this dance track, he pulls it off. Yeah, he does. Yeah. They use the dancers really well. Like mm. I think it's such a dynamic performance everything's happening all at once but obviously the members can't jump and dance and sing and rap all the time so it's like when one of the rappers is doing his verse they'll like go forward and then the dancers will come in and like dance behind the rapper Mm -hmm. and then the members will stand at the back and sort of rest and then they come in and then they have all the energy to do the big choruses Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's really really well planned Mm. tay on props yeah tay on props (laughs) During Hobie's line when he talks about hitting the home run, it's always Tay that brings the baseball bat to Hobie. And then when Hobie's done with it, he like tosses it up and Tay grabs it. And then Tay's job while the rest of them are like dancing and singing is to go and put the bat at the back of the stage. Yeah, when they just like take it out of the way. (laughs) He's part of the table when they do the standing up onto the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's bringing props to Hobie. Yeah. So useful. Yeah, yeah, he really is a useful, useful king. Um. <laughs> but also that bit's really good in the dance prep, isn't it? Where they all stop and then Hobie swings the bat and they yeah, all look yeah, yeah. Like, up, like the baseball's been hit. Yeah, acting is really good. Yeah, I especially looked at Tay and he was like acting like he was expecting the hit before he hits it. And then he's like, oh my God, big yeah. mouth open, like gaspy. And you get a crowd cheer in the back of the song. Yeah, yeah, Very yeah. well done again. Really good. And then there's the bit where JK, when he does his rap, he like, comes out and then the, all the other members and the dancers sort of line up and then he mm. sort of kicks them down yeah, um brilliant yeah he sort of kicks them down they all sort of lean back and then in the mm. dance prac sugar then jumps over the yeah. like, leaning people it's and really then jump. starts his rap and he jumps really high yeah i'm really proud of him mm. energetic king <laughs> but uh, he jumps over them in the dance prac but he doesn't actually do that in the performances that we've seen because but it also doesn't seem like they really make it down like because in the dance prac they're quite low to the ground and in the performances they're not as low low. yeah no there's also a dance prac bangtang bomb where they're all just like dancing around being a bit silly jimmy does a bit fronting rm does a bit being dance monster yeah (laughs) and uh sugar just looks at himself in the mirror he's really great he's just in the back just checking himself out yeah he's really brilliant he's fixing his hair man and then we watched a few others there were a lot of performances from music shows of Mm. this but we took the one where they were in the camo outfits because we liked those the best we'll link it um but yeah they're doing the same choreo 
So yeah, if you want to see it perform, then I would recommend that. But if not, you can just stick to the dance practice. They still perform this, so they performed it mm. like. I think it's a really good one to still perform as well. Like yeah, clearly, yeah, it's yeah. a fan favorite. Yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that has been like a big army song. Mm. But yeah, they did it at one of the Love Yourself tours. They mm. did it in 2016. We watched a performance of mm. the Japanese version. The Japanese one where they all look amazing. Yeah, they're the styling in that. It's just incredible. Oh, so good. Jimin's thighs in them jeans. Oh, yeah. All Only... of Jimin, honestly. Oh. Because it's Correct. like the jeans, the jeans are there, but there's not a lot of jean there. Mm, They're yeah. really big cutouts. Everyone has those in their jeans, but I think Jimin's are the, the biggest. Well, ones. always. Jimin always has to be showing the most amount of flesh. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, Natasha, did you have any thoughts on the performances all together? Did you love them? I did enjoy them very much. It's a nice song to listen to and something to look at. With some songs, you either. You don't really like it, but then you're just watching it, just try to see. But then you're like, this one, you can still dance along and be hyped up with it, but still get a good eyeful. Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, mm. <laughs> I'm genuinely. Mm. I think I've watched this Attack on Bangtan dance frag like every day since we found it. <laughs> so yeah, it brings me joy. Yeah, in the Japanese performance, even though they're not doing the choreo, that's the bit in the middle, isn't there, where they all stop and do their the body roll together the gyrating yeah, yeah. they do the gyrating and that's we were quite shocked <laughs> we were. when we rewatched it today i was like oh this one was not meant to have any choreo but they do take the time out to stand in a line and do a hip thrust collective hip thrust they're doing god's work it's good right shall we move on to Sal? i think i said that almost right or we can call it saturi rap which is basically one where they rap in their dialects which is quite interesting mm-hmm. so yeah i'll talk for a while about this one, I think, is just because there's a lot of hidden meanings in the like dialect words that they use and stuff. But um, if you want to get a, a proper explanation from a proper Korean, there is a clip online that's like Paldegangsan explained. So I'll take most of my information from that. But if you're keen to know more, check that out. So uh, Paldegangsan, the title means our land or Korea. So Paldo means the eight provinces. So Pal is the name for Eight in Korean, whereas Do means province, Apaldo. Um, oh. Eight provinces. That's a word that comes from the Joseon dynasty when they had eight provinces because Korea was a whole country, mm-hmm. whereas now two provinces are in North Korea and six so. provinces are in South. And Gangsan means beautiful mountains and rivers that are found in Korea, basically. And they are rapping in Satori, which is the Korean name for dialect, which is... According to my book, which I've talked about, it's unusual for the idol scene to sort of show those regional flavors. Mm-hmm. And for like Korean pop music in general, really, idol music normally highlights the sort of trendy and downplays regional flavors. But this song is quite loud about sort of regional identities. Yeah, it'd be like a song in a northern accent, right? We don't <laughs> have very much of that. Most <laughs> Western songs are in. We sing in a non-accent way, yeah. Yeah, which is weird to me because in Norway, singing in dialect is very common. Mm. Like, it would be very strange for someone to adapt their dialect to sing. That just wouldn't happen. Yeah, I remember thinking that because when I was little, I always wanted to go on Idol, like the show. And they always used to do like a Norwegian week where you had to sing in Norwegian. And all the songs that I could think of in Norwegian, I couldn't sing because they weren't in my dialect. Oh, wow. But yeah, apparently in, in Korea as well, you sort of... You sing in the Seoul accent. Yeah. The Seoul accent. And also when, I think when BTS do content, they do it in the sort of standardized Korean is what they call it. 
according to the book, again, it's an effort to sort of be authentic and sort of show their roots, which is obviously a lot of American hip hop will be like, I'm from this and like, I'm from the West Side mm, and blah, blah, blah. From blah, the blah. Bronx. Exactly. I'm from the hood. <laughs> I'm Have sorry. you ever said I'm from the hood before in your entire life? <laughs> I'm not. Never mind. It's just a swag um, now. So yeah, I'm connected with my swag persona. <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of a way that they come across as authentic, which obviously was a big part of what their focus was in the early uh, in the early career and probably mm-hmm. still is. So yeah, even if, even though it highlights regional flavors, it has a unifying message of getting rid of regional conflicts that come up in RM's verse, which is delivered in the standardized Seoul Korean. It's the so, first um, big message that we get on this album. No. <laughs> deep message that's not about girls. <laughs> and not about school. Not about school, that's what I'm saying. It's a really brilliant message about unifying the country. Yeah, but it's not the only deep message because there is a deep message about school. Yes. Yeah. So to understand the song, I think it's helpful to sort of go over where the members are from, Mm -hmm. just quickly. So Arm's from Ilsan, which is in the Gyeonggi province, but it's basically in Seoul. It's like this little satellite city northwest of Seoul, and it was like a planned city. Apparently it's popular with younger sort of upper middle class people. Mm. Jin is from Gwashom. I probably butchered that, I'm sorry. It's also in the Gyeonggi province, so just south of Seoul. The only interesting fact about that place that I found out was that it's a major administrative center for the Korean government so Mm. they sort of moved the government there and then they built houses for like their families and schools for the kids and stuff. Yoongi and Tae are both from Daegu and it's the third largest city in South Korea and it's located in the um, north Gyeongsang province. It's suffered economically since the decline of the textile industry which apparently was like it was the center of the city's economy. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the poorest cities per GDP per capita. And then Hobie's from Gwangju, which translates to the Light Province. Um, it's Korea's sixth largest city, situated in the South Jola Province, which is an agricultural region famous for its diverse cuisine and progressive politics. I really like that in this, they talk about how like Hobie's from like the happy province, the really <laughs> yeah. friendly one. I'm just like, how is there like a whole like area of South Korea where everyone's as warm and friendly as Hobie? It sounds amazing. It comes up a lot in his verses about sounds... hospitality and also the food. It sounds like Hope World. That's, <laughs> where, that's where we'd have it. Yeah. It'd be there in that province. Yeah. And then Jimin and JK are both from Busan, which is Korea's second largest city. It's also in the Gyeongsang province. Mm-hmm. So same as Daegu, where Tae and Sugar are from. Is um, that where the handsome ones are? Yes. Friendly province, handsome province. Handsome province. That's right. where we're going when we do our trip. Yeah. It's also the sixth largest port in the world, actually. Mm. Uh, so in real life, Jin and RM are from the same province. JK, Jim and B and Sugar are from the same province. And then Hobie's on his own. Oh. So in the song, obviously, they're sort of battling between Gyeongsang and Jola, mm. which is sort of the four versus one in J-Hope. So RM and, and Jin sort of stand behind J-Hope when they do the little rap battle sequences, but yeah. they're not actually from there. So from this uh, YouTube clip where the guy, a Korean guy, explains the um, the song, we know that Gyeongsang dialect is seen as a bit rough and associated with manliness, oh. and it's sometimes even seen as hostile, he said. Oh, angry. Angry, yeah. Like novelists. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And then the Jola dialect is 
they sort of talk really fast and then they raise the accent of the last syllable, which I think if you listen to J-Hope's verses, you can really tell that he's doing it. I'm not going to try and replicate it because that would be, that would be bad. I believe in you. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's seen as very friendly and inviting, as, uh, as Lance touched mm. on. So lyrics-wise, they open on the chorus. It goes, Soul to Gangwon, Gangsangdo, Chung Chung to Jola. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can bring that up in your Korean class. Yeah. So those are the provinces in South Korea. And then Jimin uses this expression, which is very popular in Gyeongsang, where he says, Ma Murakano, which means like, what 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 are you saying? So Ma is apparently a way that they sort of normally address a person and Murakano, which what are you saying? And then Holby comes in at the end of the chorus sort of speaks in Jola dialect and says, tell them that we have come, we're the real hot stuff. Yeah. And then Sugar opens with his rap saying that he's from Daegu. And then when he does it, he puts his arm around Tay. He says these sort of dialect words. So he uses for old man, he uses Aje. And for boy, he uses Mushma and then Kashina for girl. Mm. And actually in standard Korean, it's Ajushi, old man, Namja, boy, and Yoja, girl. And then he talks about how he's going to rap in Saturday today. And then Hobie comes in with this verse asking everyone to come out and have fun, which obviously reflects the friendliness <laughs> and hospitality oh, of the Jolla dialect. And then he uses this word goshigi, which is apparently a word that they just sort of drop in to replace any word. Mm. Um, so apparently it can mean like hello or you know, but also it can be like it or that. So if you're not like, if you can't remember the name of something, you'd be like, oh, goshiki, goshiki. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, and now we get started on this sort of braggy section where they battle each other over which region's the best one. Mm. So V comes in with this little rap about the Hurang of Shilla. We also also know that Tay starred in Hurang. Yeah, he did he on did. Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I'm halfway through it. I've only watched clips when you've been watching it and I can just say that everyone in it is very handsome. They are very handsome, very so handsome. we can get started on that. So um, Shilla was the original kingdom that turned into Gyeongsang and they had this elite warrior group that were called the Harang, which means the Flowering Knights. Mm-hmm. And it was like a social club of young males that got there to study art, culture, religion and martial arts. And according to the TV show, at least, I don't know whether this is true, but they picked the most beautiful young men to be the Parang and the protectors of Shilla. And then mm. Tay sort of claims in his verse that the blood of the Parang still runs in the veins of the people from Gyeongsang. Ah. So that's why they're so handsome. That's why they're so handsome. Exactly. Yeah. And then Junko comes in. He raps about the Gyeongsang dialect being the best. And he uses this word Aiga, which means like, is that not right? Mm-hmm. Which is another typical word that they use in that dialect. And then Hobie brags about the food of Jola, which he talks about bimbimbap, which is a famous dish that comes from Jola. They're famous for their cuisine. So mm-hmm. like in every Hobie verse, he's like, oh, have you tried this dish? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've had bimbimbap. Have you? Yep, I've had it. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. had bimbimbap. Delicious. Yeah. We get some uh, some political references again from Sugar when he comes in and he says, he references this um, Anabada movement which apparently was something that came about in the 1997 financial crisis. And it sort of stands for the Korean words for saving, sharing, exchanging and reusing. And it was a movement that sort of people voluntarily participated in and it helped them sort of share with neighbors and reduce costs. Um, And it's not really specific to Gyeongsang, but it's apparently a sort of a common characteristic of people in that 
province that they sort of adapt this sharing and taking care of their neighbors Aww. mindset. So he ends this verse in saying, we're not strangers after all, which is a phrase that they sort of commonly use in that region, apparently. And he also uses the, the phrase, give it to the kid, which is another baseball reference, mm, where, where they um, say that at baseball matches, when a ball lands in the crowd, they all chant like, give it to the kid, give it to the kid, and then they will give it to the nearest kid. Nearest child, yeah. So he's sort of saying that like, oh, well, you think Young Sang is really rough, but actually we have all these like lovely things that we do, <laughs> like we share and we give baseballs to kids. And we're not strangers. <laughs> no, we're, we're not strangers. part of the community. Exactly. Hobi reacts with more Jolla words. He says their smack talk has made people clam up. And then he talks about sort of remedying this clamming up by eating this certain type of fermented stingray that is typical in the region. So again, he's back on the food. And he says, this will make all the holes in your body open up. Cool. <laughs> Strange one, for sure. Um, Maybe it'd be like, like a cleanse. Yeah. It'd be like revitalized. Well, you're going to stop climbing up at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then he starts on this really weird bit about the watermelon. Well, the watermelon is the specific watermelon that grows on this mountain called Mudong. And you can only find this massive watermelon on this mountain, apparently, and that mountain's in Jolla. So we kind of get that bit. But he talks about this kid in the eighth or ninth month, so probably like a pregnancy. And he's really big, this kid. And then he says the kid is as big as the watermelon and is a bangtan. So I kind of think it's about himself and how he's born in Jolla and he's as big as this watermelon that only exists in Jolla. But according to the explainer guy, there isn't any sort of hidden dialect meaning in this. Like no one really knows what it means. JK, uh, J-Hope could be the watermelon. It could not be. Who yeah, knows? We don't know. <laughs> or it's about the soul. <laughs> it's not about the soul. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Composed>. <laughs> Ridiculous. Christine's now dying. Oh my god. And that's how Christine ended her life. <laughs> she died as she lived, going off about BTS and the soul. <laughs> Stop making me laugh. Sorry. <laughs> Okay. All right, back in. Right, okay. Um, yeah, and then after the watermelon bit, they do the chorus again. And then Sugar and Hobie have this sort of back and forth where Sugar says that he has thought about it and he says, Young Sangdu men seem to be handsome, which, as Leon said, is another stereotype. And then Jayop says, No, that's not true. And Sugar's like, No, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's nice. That's yeah. nice. Sugar reminding Hobie that he's handsome. That Sugar's handsome. Sugar's handsome. Yeah. Aww. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he and all of his fellow Jung Sang Doom men are handsome. Nice. Right, and then we get the President Kim Nam Joon comes in to unify <laughs> Seoul. Seoul and Korea and, you know, does his verse in standardized Korean. So do you want to? Yeah, so then sort of Nam Joon comes in and he does the Seoul state of mind. So like the New York state of mind. So it opens with. Here to you country boys, I have the soul state of mind. I was born in Seoul, so I learned the soul language well. Although these days, Saturi is highly regarded. I admit it, accents are pretty cool, but ultimately, standard Korean is better, well organised. Yeah. Um, and he also makes a reference to how the standard Korean goes well with English. The beginning and, uh, and ends are clear and organised as yeah. the example of a well-built Korean language. I, I just love that he writes yeah. that. <laughs> Only hours goes with English. 
but then he finishes on in the end it's all the same korean look up we are all looking up at the same sky this may make you cringe a little but everyone is awesome we can all communicate from musan to marado yeah he also does before he gives us the wacky fighting he's like oh yeah this dialect is cool because all men want to sound like young center people because Aww. they're so manly and then he's like oh and jolly dialect is so friendly and i really like feel happy when i use it oh so, so he's just uh, like talking about how great the other accents are yeah before finishing with we are all one people yeah so apparently like there has traditionally been a lot of hostility between Gyeongsang and Jola specifically oh. because they sort of lie right next to each other and then if you go further back then uh, the areas so Gyeongsang and Jola were parts of different kingdoms in sort of mm. old Korea so then they will see did actually used to be at war against each other when does Jimin fly is it look up <laughs> no it's when they say we can all communicate from Moonsan to Marado and then they lift Jimin up to like I think it's to represent like a plane journey across oh, yeah. Korea. Like, oh, you can all understand each other on this plane journey, but it's very it's strange. Very sweet. <laughs> In the literal reading of the lyrics again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the song is interesting because they both highlight the regional differences, but they also sort of stress the importance of like being a unified country and mm-hmm. coming together and like going past the sort of differences that we sort of feel define each other, but actually we're all like the same. All one human. Exactly. All one people. Yeah. Some people also think it's about unifying Korea as in North and South Korea because ah, yes. the title, because obviously the, like I said, the two, like the, the six provinces and the two provinces and the eight provinces being like all of Korea. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know whether that's what they're getting at. But anyway, that's what they've called the song. So yeah, uh, performance wise, should we talk about that? I really like the performance. They're very swaggy. All well, the Busan Daegu boys are quite swaggy. Yeah, and swaggy. Yeah. I like the bit where Shogun Tape do the thing together and then he puts his arm around him and then they do a big high five, I think, when they says like, oh, I'm, we're the Daegu boys. And then when RM goes like, oh, all the manly men have the Young Sang dialect, they do this like, do the, the, the like, um, big guns, bicep, the arm, bicep, bicep arm thing. Arm. Yeah, very yeah. good. I like that bit. There isn't a lot of choreo in this. Like, no. it's not, they do like point a bit, the, a bit like, yeah. in the chorus. Um, and then they fly Jimin. And then Jimin flies yeah. across the back. Um, in the, the magic shop muster, he sort of looks at the camera before he gets up. Like, he looks across, like, I'm going to do the five things. Like, yeah. right now, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. And then they pick him <laughs> up and he flies across. Like, Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very the flying strange. thing is the main bit of this. But I think the whole performance is good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. That's nice. It's really complicated as well, right? Like you said, it's a really complicated concept. Yeah. 100%. That they had at that time it's not like a write a verse about if you rule the world or like an inadate coffee it's it's a really intellectual piece yeah and it's something really original yeah cool yeah did you like the performance Tasha? yeah i loved it (laughs) great great so did we yeah we do we We watched the show champion woman where they have these outfits that have the word chef on them Mm, um yeah strange but i thought they looked nice in them they're a bit like bandana prints early not as much bling less blingy yeah Yeah, but i thought they looked good right we're at the end outro love in school yeah tell us tash so the last song is outro love in school which was written by slow rabbit p-dog and produced by slow rabbit and p-dog The song closes the album 
it's a sentimental song about the infatuation of school love. Um, throughout the track, they reference a lot of other songs on this album. So If I Were The World and Coffee. Yeah. It's got nice English vocal from Jacket. Yeah. It's a... I just want that. That was completely out of tune. <laughs> it really was. And time. Yeah. I mean, it's a vocal line solo, but it's only a minute long. So I'm not <laughs> sure whether we can call it a vocal line it's how solo. They, it's how much they valued the vocal line at that stage. And yeah. to be clear, JK's in every chorus and verse. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Yeah. No change. JK um, front in. Yeah. It's soft boy bancora. I've wrote. No, I drink coffee and open my eyes. It feels like I'll fall asleep, which I thought was a reference to the skit. Yeah. Um, I imagined if I rode the world, I would place you by my side again. Yeah. I think it leads into the School Love Affair album really well, because that's the next album that we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the intro for School Love Affair, it starts with the same music and then Sugar does a rap. Nice. Yeah. Performance-wise, we could only find a couple like, of little short... like separate clips of this one. Do you want to talk about those, Natasha? Um, actually, in the longer video that we've got, I think it's a mixture of the, is it the outro of this song and the intro of the next song that's combined, but it's not a great video, to be honest, it's very shaky. Yeah. Right, I think that's it, we've got to the end. Let's get to the awards. Right, so awards time. Best lyric? Best lyric. Did you have one, Liam? Yes, I do. Uh, my best lyric is from No. It's the RM line that they say, I'm on my way to happiness. Then how do you explain my unhappiness? That's a really good one. Yeah, and I think it's a really, it's got like a, a fair amount of depth mm. for me. Like, and sometimes how I feel about the songs, like that, how do you find your own happiness? So I thought it was just really resonant when we reviewed it nice okay what did Natasha? You my best lyric is in outro loving school where jungkook says hey girl will you date with me oh yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah obviously i reply yes 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 <laughs> yes um what about you christine what was your best lyric so i picked I don't know. I think I feel like I should have picked something from the Saturi rap one. I just couldn't come up, up with a one-liner. Okay. So I picked the I know you suck suck. <laughs> <laughs> I know you suck suck. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Credit where credit's due to Kim Namjoon. Um, I know you suck suck. I don't think you suck suck Namjoon. If she did, I would hurt her. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the next category. So best rap. What do we have? My best rap is from We On, and it's the beginning part where RM says, Here for my music, here, here for my music. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to listen to. I quite like that bit. Yeah. Christine? I picked an RM this week. Nice. Good for you. Proud of you. Proud of you for not giving it to Youngie. Yeah. So I went with RM's intro in NO where he says, a good house, a good car, will these things bring happiness? But it was more about the way he said it, to be honest. It's mm-hmm. like a very strong opening. Yeah, when they did the um, the performance in 2019, because it was like a more recent performance, obviously the first time I watched it, I didn't know what song that they were going to do. Mm. And then when the like NO music started playing, I was a bit like, oh, they're going to do it. And then he did that like, strong shit. 
the opening bit where he sort of shouts out and I was like, oh, this song is great. Like, oh, I love this song. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's I really that. great. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, Leanne, do you want to tell us your best rap? Yeah, so my best raps, I'm also going to give it to RM. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to give it to RM in the Saturi rap, which is the end bit, right? So in the end, it's all the same Korean look up. We are all looking at the same sky. This may make you cringe a little, but everyone is awesome. We can all communicate. Nice. Um, and then from Musan to Murada, I just think yeah. that's really sweet. And I like that he, like, in the rap, he references that it's really cringy yeah. and that everyone's awesome. And I just like the idea of using the word awesome in a really angry rap. <laughs> it's not an angry rap, but yeah, sure. Angry rap. <laughs> yeah, fine. That's where best rap's going. Fine, okay. Best vocal? Natasha? My best vocal is Jimin in Coffee, even though he's not a huge bit. It's just the final Jimin bit, I think. It's nice to hear Jimin's very soft vocal. Yeah, definitely, I agree. I give it to Coffee as well, but I give it to JK in any of the choruses because he shines in them all. Yeah. And he leads them all. Yeah. He's the main vocalist. He is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also give it to JK and Coffee, actually, but I specified the ad libs on top of the rap. Mm, yeah. He does that really well, I think. Nice. Yeah. And then there's this big high note in the last chorus, which I've read some people say it's Jimin, but I'm pretty sure it's Jungkook. Yeah, it's like a very like falsetto high note. Oh. It's not Jimin's normal like <laughs> high note. Like <laughs> it's not Jimin's normal like belting high note. Yeah. So um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's Jungkook. But um, yeah, best dance break. I'll go first with this time. I'll go with the. It's the end of No, where they fight the police people and then Jimin does the jump and the spin. The spin, yeah. Spin, yeah. That was my best dance break. What about you? Well, can I give my best band dance break to the comeback trailer? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where I'm going to put it, the end of the comeback trailer, when after everyone's been revived. Yeah. And then when they rip the shirts off for the black to the white. And obviously that then brings in the performance where Aaron loses his shirt. Sorry, Junior. <laughs> Um, I think that's where it goes. I think that's when I think of best performance. That's where my mind goes. Yeah. There may be a special shout out to Attack on Bangtan. The thing is, there isn't a dance break in there. That was why I didn't give it yeah. to them, like to, to, to that, because they don't break to dance, whereas in break. NNL, they really do. But yeah, Attack on Bangtan obviously is the best. Yeah. Um, Natasha? <laughs> we'll come back to it. My best dance break is NO. It's yeah. just amazing. Yeah. Right. And then we had the best performance. I'll go first on that one as well, just because we've kind of led into it. It's Attack and Bang on the dance track. There's no no one above, no one on the side for me. Um, watch it every day. Yeah, I I'd agree, but I didn't give my best performance to Attack and Bang because I wanted to give it in the dance break, but they didn't have a dance break. So yeah. I agree. Honorable mention. I'd put my best performances if I ruled the world in the first muster, just because of how shocked I was <laughs> at the choreo and how silly it was and how chaotic it was and how confused I was. It's just really great. It, it brings it a lot of joy. It's silly. We it's do... silly. We can give best performance to something silly. Yeah, we do love a silly dance. What did you pick, Natasha? I picked If I Ruled the World in Chile. Mm. Nice. The one yeah. with Jimin. The Jimin, Jimin Focus. focus. The video that we found is Jim and Focus, and yeah, it's good. It's good for it because he's got his guns out. Yeah, 
So should we move on to best look? Um, then do you want to go first? Yep. Hobie and the Chips Jumper <laughs> in the radio station. Yeah. It's too cute. I can't get over it. Um, <laughs> I love it. And you wanted us to pick from looks as close to the era as possible. Yeah. Because I always find it difficult to find best looks yeah. in early bang time. But that one's adorable. Hobie looks great. like his real self. Yeah. Natasha, what's your best look? I'll give it to Jimin in Chile because of the fact that he's wearing the T-shirt that he's wearing, in, like, similar to their album. Yes, he's still in the best. Yeah. yeah. Shout yeah. out to Jimin in Tokyo, though. Jimin in the best. In those... Oh, Jimin in Tokyo. Jimin in those yeah. jeans. But he's not in the best. I like that. Best look for you? My best look. I picked the performance of Attack on Bangtan where they wear the camo outfits. He's got the camo, like, trousers. And then he's got the white top and he's got the Letterman jacket. This is Jimin again still, sorry. He's got this visor, which I think some of them wear the visors and it looks like it's sort of... Oh, they put yeah. it under Tay's the hair. got his visor under the hair. Yeah, and it looks sort of a little bit like the visor sort of growing out of his head. And I don't think it looked like that on Jimin because it's a black visor and he's got black hair in it. it like Natasha, I picked it in, uh, in solidarity with Jimin in Japan because I felt like it should go to Jimin. Mm. But then I didn't feel like I should pick the Japan performance. So I was between Chile and this one, and then I picked this one. So I'm glad you picked Chile. Yeah. Um, and I'm proud of you for not giving it to Sugar. Thank you. Yeah, I was going to give it we to Sugar. We all like had, yeah, obviously Judy Sean the whole way through, but I had to do what I had to do. Yeah. Had to, to look it. away. Yeah. So do we um, go to our skip then? Who wants to be brave and go first with the skip? I'll skip the cipher. Really? Okay. Yeah. You know how I feel about the rap, like the rap battle back and forth. Yeah. There's no vocals. Like the lyrics are good, but the lyrics stick it to the haters just like they do in the We On. Yeah. It's all it's ultimately We On. It is. But without on, yeah. the support from the vocal line. So yeah. I'll skip the cipher, even though obviously. Do you feel it's... like that about the later ciphers though? I have not listened to the later right, ciphers, fine. so okay, I can't fine. never mind. <laughs> I can't confirm. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Aaron. Okay, I skipped um, If I Rule the World. No, yeah, oh, I did. Come on. I if I Rule the World. It's, it's I don't know. Dumb. I don't like it. <laughs> it is really dumb. It's saved by Lovely Young Geese first, yeah. but it, yeah, it's dumb. Mm-hmm. And Fine. I like the performances because they're silly, but there's no like, wow, this song's great. Admittedly, yeah, I could do without knowing that Aaron wants to drown in girls watching TV. <laughs> It is funny though. Like it is. I don't know. It does. It feels authentic. I, I'll give it that. It's not peak BTS. No. All right. No. It's not that I don't like. I don't typically skip it when I listen to it. But if mm. I had to skip one, that would be it. Right, Natasha. My skip is intro. Or are you late to? Fine. Are you skipping the intro? Are you skipping RM's opening in English? What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's just not for me. I'm glad that you skipped Cypher, though, because we're out of them, too. Fine. Right. It's time to do best song. Do you want to go first? Yes. Best track, Attack on Bangtan. 100%. I I love it. I love it with the dance track. I love how it boosted my confidence in in pronouncing the name. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah, It's brilliant. I'm a big, big fan. Of Attack on Bangtan. Yeah, me too. I feel like if, if we didn't have the podcast and have to spend time with the music, Mm. then I could have easily missed Attack, Attack on Bang Tang. Because yeah. as we know, we started it because the catalogue's so vast and we wanted to spend time with the individual stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's a real gift 
that the research for the podcast has given me. Yeah, I also picked a deck gun bank down because yeah, it's the best. I do want to say honorable mention to Paddle Gangsan because I think that's the best concept. Mm. And then also I, I really thought I was gonna pick NO and then I got to Tekken Bank Town and especially the dance crack and I was like, no, this is this is the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. So awful. it was the journey. What, what did you, you what's your best track Natasha? My best song is Coffee. It's just more my type of music. That's the one that like I'd personally just put on like type it in and then play it rather than it just be like come on and be like, eh, this is all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you see coffee out. Oh, you seek it out. Yeah. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Coffee's good. Coffee's cute. No, I think a lot of people like coffee just from like how many references there were to it online and stuff. And then do we wanna say our MVPs, guys? Ooh. Who wants to say it first? Oh I'll go. Yeah. Um, I had to give MVP Peter JK obviously because yeah. he he fronts the entire way through. Okay, um, but I give it to JK for because I gave him best vocal mm. and because he carries the vocals throughout. And then in Attack on Bangtan, mm. I think his choreo is some of the best and some of the sleekest. Okay, especially when he like separates them and like jumps forward. Mm. I, I just think he's really great in it. And then when we were watching some of the coffee performances and the if it were the world performances mm-hmm. and he was just sat there and they kept putting the light on him. I was like, actually this is really brilliant. Go on, give it to Baby JK, like let him Yeah. And I think it was a really good time for him to start to front as well. Yeah. Um, because he was so much shyer in some of the earlier stuff. JK stood out for me. Yeah, I think he does stand out, doesn't he? Yeah. What did you pick, Natasha? I'm gonna pick Jimin. I think Overall, Jimin's probably most noticeable because of his outfits and he's probably one that carried the confidence, maybe, when they obviously weren't so big. He just went out and were like, yeah, I've got muscles, I've got abs, like, look at me. <laughs> also a great vocal. So Jimin, Jimin, Jimin. Yeah, okay, Jimin, that sounds good. Yeah, I also, I, I mean, I think I agree with both of you. Like, Jungkook stands out because of the singing mm-hmm. i already picked him though for um uh, to go for school yep. so i felt like i couldn't pick him again fine jimin yes very noticeable carries the confidence definitely i picked sugar <laughs> because... oh my god i'm so shocked <laughs> i've not go picked on. him yet for mvp i haven't it's not so much about the mvp it's the fact that you've been lost in sugar town this entire album yeah it's been great um no I picked him for basically I was like okay well I can't pick Jungkook because I just picked him yeah and then I didn't feel like I could pick RM because I picked him for the first one Mm -hmm. yeah I picked him because I sort of thought through all the members in my head and I was like no it's not this one it's not this one like it's not Jin it's not Tay no Uh, no. Tay on props (laughs) Tay on props yeah (laughs) Jin we don't see much of him Jin on visuals yeah he's visual no, I picked Sugar because of the pyramid bit in NO and for opening Attack on Bangtan, stealing attention in both that and Satori Rap, my attention at least. Mm-hmm. And um, his verse in Coffee being all kinds of magical and for saving If I Rule the World from just being about... <laughs> just being draws. <laughs> just, just about girls. drowning in girls. <laughs> and I think if it wasn't for his verse, I would have been like, this song sucks. Like, funny, but sucks. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, it's funny, then really cute, then funny again. Fine. And he also does a really good job with the choreo because he is able to keep rapping as he is carried in the car. <laughs> <I'm>... 
I'm not sure. He still looks swaggy. I think I already said that. But yeah. he does keep a straight face and like continue with his rap and doesn't, doesn't lose it in a laughing fit, which I would have done. Yeah. So, well, yeah. if you're going to get a piggyback in a cab made up of other dancers, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. You and wouldn't still really. maintain your swag. That is a very difficult thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he's, he, he, he does. So it's yeah. interesting because Sugar in this era just isn't sugar for me oh man it's because of the big jackets and the the headband <laughs> with the top knot and the hair See, i feel like he like pulls but, that off yeah yeah well it's, we come from different perspectives <laughs> yeah well right, should we grid or do you want to talk more about sugar well i would always like to talk more about sugar <laughs> but yeah um we should grade. we should grade. natasha how many stars did you give it i get it a four Four. Four. Nice. Okay. So better so, than better than two cuff school. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is quite generous actually to be a four. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I get it a three, I'd be evil and just Yeah, not a very great army. And it actually is quite good. Agreed. Yeah, fine. Okay. Four. Better Four. than two cuff school. Yes. Christine. What did you give? Oh. Yeah, me. I gave it 5.5, but I want to say that I also agree that it's better than Tuckle for School. And I think I was being overly generous to Tuckle for School because it was the debut album. So ah, I would like right. to regrade Tuckle for School to a five <laughs> from a six. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then this comes in at 5.5. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. I graded it 5.5. It is better than Tuckle for School. I think the but good not, but not by much. I think it's only half a star extra. The thing is though, <laughs> the, the thing is though with with this, I, I was thinking about this. Like the thing is, the good songs on this are really good. It just yeah. is a longer album, so has, it has more of the filler songs. It's got more dross. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But like this reaches a high, reaches higher heights in that there are three songs I would say, maybe four with coffee, that are objectively good. I agree. Yeah. I was less unhappy with this album than I was with Tuckle for School. I don't know if it's because of where I've like settled at because I'm used to that hip hop style or it is because within the lyrics when we did the review, they have improved. Yeah. And I think it is because they have grown and improved and we've seen that. And ultimately we know that they're going to go off to be really great and talented. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, are you late to finish? Yeah. Right, should yes. we see where we're going? Yeah. Good. We are going to the most beautiful moment in life. Yeah. <laughs> is, is that right? That's where we're going. Yeah. Our next album will be the most beautiful moment in life, part one, which should be really exciting. That's an era we've not done I've yet. Not, I've not even listened to. Well, I might have some tracks. What's the title track? Oh, it's uh, I Need You, isn't it? Ooh, yeah. exciting. Mm. Oh, does that mean I have to go to Universal? Yeah, yes, a little bit. It does. It does a little bit, yeah. And then we will come back to you with our thoughts wow. and feelings. Yeah. I think that's it for uh, for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Please, if you have it in your heart, give us a nice review. Five stars on iTunes and Spotify, please. If you thought it was five stars. If you didn't think it was five stars, like you can grade as you wish. No, five stars is the right one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we just openly graded the voice. <laughs> we did. But five stars is the right one uh, for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah and if they want to follow us on social media where can they do that natasha you can find us on instagram at generation bts underscore and if you want to send us an email it's generation bts all the albums at gmail.com yeah i think the last bit to do is for Leanne to do her lovely quote yeah so i'll end on my inspirational quote this is your reminder to use bts to find your happiness within your life before it's too late because no offense but we don't want to be study machines yes yes <laughs> we'll put that one together a little bit independently you're but, welcome uh, but yeah you're welcome don't be study machines guys <laughs> and i've been christine i've been leanne I've been Natasha and we have been Generation BTS. Generation BTS. <laughs> Woo!